I'm Bruce. And I'm Butta. And this is Rolling in the Dark. Back at it again with Bruce here. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks for uh, sticking with us. Our first two episodes have been out. And yes. I want to apologize for breathing like really loudly and yelling into your ears. But okay, we're still figuring things out. And we're going to be working out the kinks as we go. Yes. I also want to apologize that I cannot read um, <laughs> or pronounce things correctly. So. I like it. It gives a, it's like, gives a personality. As long as you guys are okay with it. But please do not yell at me for pronouncing things wrong because I get enough of that at home with my husband. So Yeah, yeah you can just assume that Justin has already told Butta. Always tells yeah. me. Yeah. So last weekend we tore up a tournament, a derby tournament in Reno, which was an awesome, awesome time. Thanks to Reno for hosting a great event. It was just really cool to like travel with the team and meet all kinds of cool people in the derby world and but yeah it was, oh, a, was it was cool. a good time yeah if you guys don't go to derby games already i highly highly recommend that you go check out your local roller derby league i promise you're gonna have a great time my brother-in-law it was his first ever roller derby game and he was jumping out of his seat now he wants to like be an official oh i love it we always need officials yes i mean so. anybody and we just need spectators too so if you haven't gone to a game go Check them out. They yeah, support happen, your local derby team. They happen pretty much year round. So just see what's going on. You ready to get into it? I am. So right. I don't even know what you have in store for me today. Uh, we're trying yeah. to not tell each other. We're trying. Um, I'm not really good at secrets. So um, <laughs> it's, it's hard. very hard for it's me. It's really hard. I know. We <laughs> see each other like at least three times a week. So it's yeah. hard not to get into it. But uh this is a case that I mentioned during my Aileen Warnos story. So, oh, it's a uh, Mary. Yes, uh, Mary. I'm going <laughs> to tell you something. guys about Mary Vincent. Yes, Mary um, Vincent. And uh, you know, when I first heard this story, I think I heard it on my favorite murder. Karen covered it, and it resonated with me so much. I think even before doing this research, I could probably tell you beginning to end. All the facts of the story. Oh, okay. So you're pretty, you know the story very uh, well. It just stuck with me. Like I've heard, I can't even tell you how many like podcasts about cases, but certain ones, you know how it is. Like just yeah. these certain some ones, they just, just like resonate. really stick with you for some weird reason. This was one for me. And I know a few podcasts have covered this, but I think Karen was the first. So, but I did do all the research for you. Of course, I'm not going to just, you know, wing it off the top of my head. Um, and I learned some interesting things that I had never heard before. So... Uh, I will say trigger warning for sexual assault and extreme violence. And of course, for a more detailed list, please check our show notes. Ready to dive in? I am ready. All right. So it's the late 70s in Las Vegas when Mary's parents are going through a messy divorce. One of seven kids, Mary Vincent was a promising dancer and self-proclaimed tinkerer, much like her grandfather. Mary had been defying her strict parents throughout her teens and would often skip school. She was 15 years old when she decided she could not take it anymore, and she ran away with her boyfriend. She um, was 15? 15. She, okay. Yeah. She decided she would rather be hitchhiking on the streets and sleeping in cars than being at home. Her parents were really strict. Uh, so Mary and her boyfriend lived out of her boyfriend's car for a summer in the San Francisco area until police arrested him on charges of raping a teenage girl. It wasn't her. It was some other girl. I don't know how old he is. 
don't know what he looks okay. like. I tried to find out, but that's all. That's all that I know. Obviously, it was a really shocking arrest. Um, and after that, Mary headed south, and just by hitchhiking, and briefly lived with an uncle also near the Bay Area in California. Okay. Eventually, she decided she wanted to head towards Corona, which is almost 400 miles south. We've oh, been there. I was like, we play a lot of derby in Corona. Yeah. They have, all I know about them is I like the rings. Yes. And the floors are a little slippery, but what? they are slippery. <laughs> I, just haven't, ours. I just haven't figured out the wheel combination out there. I don't know any wheel combination besides yeah, I'm, our floors. I don't even know our floors. <laughs> Okay, back to All right, the story. so Mary was heading back towards Corona to go f- meet her grandparents. And so stay she's with coming them. from like the San Bay, area Bay Area to, to Corona. That is a long... 400 miles. Yeah. It's a long way to hitchhike, but it's the 70s. Hitchhiking was totally normal back then. You know, people didn't have cell phones. Not everybody had cars. It was, you know, everyone felt a lot safer. Um, and so, so did Mary. So um, she was hitchhiking on a road... And her sign said that she was heading south. She was with two other hitchhikers who were also heading in the same direction. A blue van pulled up and the hitchhikers noticed that the van was completely empty, but the man driving said he only had room for Mary. Red flag number one. Mm, Empty van. But he only had room for the... Uh, Questionable. (laughs) The one girl. And the the other two were boys? I don't know, but he picked her. Oh, okay. Yeah. It sounded like the other two were boys. Can't confirm. So the other two hitchhikers told Mary she shouldn't go with him since it was super sketchy that he only wanted to take a singular young girl. But Mary at this point was completely exhausted and just wanted to get back to her family. Uh, The driver looked like a grandfatherly type. He had a friendly smile. So Mary figured she would probably be fine. And she got in the car. Never trust the grandfathers. I know. Well... Just kidding. My grandfather's great. <laughs> yeah, my, I have two grandfathers that are both great, but ugh. random ones, you don't know them that don't well. Know. Don't assume. Well, and not only don't that. Don't assume you can trust anybody, okay? Well, not only that, the fact that he was like, you, I'm going to take exactly. you. Let's don't go. Don't ignore your gut. Yeah. How about that? Like, if somebody is being a little sketch, Well, not trust only that, it. she had, like, two other people with her being like, look, we'll stay with you. Yeah. You don't need to go with him. Right, we can go together. Like, it does not matter how exhausted you are. We're all exhausted. Why yeah. do you, yeah. You know what? She had she had the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Gave him a chance. It's the 70s, man. It's the 70s. It's a different time. And she was young. She was 15. Yeah. You know, of all the horrible things that I did at 15, it's a miracle that I have made it to today. <laughs> I did a lot of dumb stuff at that age. You just don't, you feel invincible. So as they were driving, um, Mary at one point sneezed and the driver put his hand on her neck and he said to check her temperature and see if she was sick. Blech, so he didn't like... Instead of like, bless you, he no, like a hand, full hand on the neck, like a bare paw. Ugh. Yeah, gross. After she sneezed? After she sneezed. He's like, wait, let me just check Get a little touchy, quick. buddy. This gave Mary a little bit of a bad feeling, but she was too tired to get upset about it, and she was still hopeful for this ride. Uh, they started driving south, and Mary dozed off. When she woke up, she saw that the road signs looked different, and they were headed in the wrong direction. Mary confronted him right away, saying, look, you're going the wrong way, and you know you're going the wrong way. He said he was just an honest man who made a mistake, and he started driving back in the right direction. But he soon pulled over to take a bathroom break. Um, And she did not get out of the car and run. So he pulled onto a very, very desolate road. Okay. 
and parked the car. He wanted to go somewhere private so, you know, he could do his business. Oh, okay. He didn't pull over to like a gas station. No. He was like going to go to the bathroom. He like oh, got off the freeway. Okay. Went a I few forgot miles men can down. pee anywhere. So. Exactly. He went mm-hmm. a few miles down for privacy and parked the car saying he had, you know, just had to stop and pee. So Mary already felt in her gut that something was up. So she wanted to prepare to run. While he was outside of the car peeing, she opened her car door just to tie her shoes in case she needed to bolt. Uh, when she bent down to tie her shoe, she felt a sledgehammer hit her in the back of the head. Oh, shit. Mary blacked out immediately. When she came to, she was tied up in the back of his van, and he just started raping her and telling her that he would kill her if she screamed. And he raped her about six times before he fell asleep. She and all this happened yeah. inside the van? Yes. Okay. Inside the van. Inside the van, in the middle of basically nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. He fell asleep, but she was completely tied up. She tried, she fought, but she just could not get herself free. She laid there thinking that she just wanted to die. Eventually, he woke up and just continued raping her. She asked him over and over to set her free, telling him she wasn't going to tell anyone just to please let her go. He, that never seems to work. It, like, in my no, story, once, in the Ariel Cashel story, when Michelle yeah. first got taken, she literally was like, I will not tell anybody. Just, like, let me go. No. Once they've got <sighs> you, it's, all, it's I know. just out of your hands. I mean, he raped her all night until the sun started to rise, and she was awake the whole time. So she, at this point, she was picked up in the day, and he raped her. You know, the sun went down. He raped her until it was all night, and now the sun is rising. So eventually he's done, and he pulls her up. And she, at this point, is, of course, completely naked and bleeding. And he says to her, you want to be set free? I'll set you free. And then he pulls out a hatchet from his toolbox. He takes her left arm and takes one swing. Mary started to fall back, and he took another swing. She grabbed his arm tightly, but she was still falling and was confused as to why she was falling when she was grabbing him to keep herself up. She looked down at her arm, and she just saw blood squirting out. Her arm was gone. She felt and was aware of everything, and her arm was severed below the elbow. Uh, And then he took her right arm. She started kicking him and screaming, hoping someone would hear her or that she'd get away from him, and he started to chop off her right arm. But it took a lot longer because now she was really fighting back. He kept chopping at her arm, and he eventually fully chopped off her right arm. She was lying on the ground bleeding when she saw him start flicking his arm like he was trying to like get like a bug off of him and when she looked up she saw that her hand was still clutched onto him and it was tightly grasped on his arm so mary could do nothing but play dead he started dragging her body toward a nearby cliff and he picked her up and tossed her off the 30 foot cliff the fall broke four of her ribs but she was still alive The blood loss from her severed arms sent her body into shock. She knew she had to get out of there, but she didn't know if he was still there, so she laid there for a long time, thinking she was just going to bleed to death. I mean, can you imagine? He could just be up there waiting. Yeah. You know, seeing what she does. So she started feeling sleepy and cold, and all she wanted to do was go to sleep. But she heard a voice saying she couldn't go to sleep. She had to find a way out, or else he was going to do this to someone else. Mary decided she was not going to let that happen. 
So she stuck her arms into the dirt to pack her wounds and stop the bleeding. Oh my God, that probably hurts so much. I can't imagine. No oh anesthesia, obviously, during any of this. Yeah. Honestly, she, she remembered from when she was a kid and cut her finger to keep her finger elevated was, okay. would slow the bleeding. So she kept her arms raised in the air to slow the bleeding. And How did she not pass out from like blood loss though? I have no, it's a, by, I don't Just know. Just miracle. Sure, miracle. Yeah. yeah. She should have. I think she should have. Well, but. it's, and then not only that, she like has a couple broken ribs. Right. Uh, like. Trauma. Hand is missing now. Like. Both, both hands. Both hands. Both hands are missing now. I, at I mean, this how point, do you even get I up? wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try to be completely honest. I'd probably just lay there. She's amazing. Yeah. The fact she is that, amazing. The fact that she's even alive after that toss. Yep. After it's pretty, the, it's pretty wild. Yeah. After her arm incident. I don't know if I could. Being thrown I off I don't know cliff. if I could fight that long. So. Well, and if you get up and go up there. Who's to say he's not up there waiting? Waiting to kick you back down. Exactly. My gosh. So she kept her arms raised in the air to slow the bleeding, and she started to crawl back up the cliff without any hands. She made it up the 30-foot bluff, but by the time she made it up the cliff, it was nighttime again. Keep in mind that he had raped her in his van until the sunrise that morning. It was soon pitch black, and she could only see from the light of the moon and stars. But she heard traffic and decided to follow the noise of the cars, figuring a freeway was nearby. So she started walking. She walked all night, naked, bloody, Oh my God, I forgot exhausted. she was naked. Yeah. Oh my God. Covered in blood. And Imagine this coming up to your car. Exactly. Oh my God. Um, and she had just brutally lost both of her arms. The sun started to rise when she saw a car coming down the road. It was a red convertible with two men in it. She tried to get their attention, saying, help me, help me. But as soon as they saw her, they sped off. And keep in mind, she was fully naked, covered in blood, no hands. She described herself as looking like something out of a horror movie. After they took off, she thought she was going to die out there because everyone was going to be too afraid of her to stop and help her. Yeah, I wouldn't have, to be completely honest. I would call if the police, though. If it was a girl that was missing her hands... I think I would. If it was just some person like jumping out of the woods, like, ah, help. I don't know that I would. Because I, I know there there have been like. I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust like, anybody. things that start that way, but. Um, I don't trust anybody. I would um, drive by and be like, I'm calling the police for you. You know what? She said she didn't hold it against them. Good. She didn't hold it against them. Thank because... you. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> So now at this point, Mary had walked for three miles down this desolate road. She had no choice but to continue walking in the middle of the street when finally she saw a truck coming her way, and they did stop for her. Thank God. Good people. Uh, This was a couple on their honeymoon who just happened to be lost and in the area. They helped her up into the truck, and obviously they saw what horrible condition she was in, so they raced as fast as they could to a phone to call paramedics and a rescue helicopter came and flew Mary to the hospital. Now, once she got to the hospital, she found out that she lost over half the blood in her body. The rest of the blood in her body got to a toxic level, but she lived despite everything. Mary underwent intense surgery to save her life, and she started talking to police immediately. She remembered his car and the features of his face so clearly that she was able to provide details to a sketch artist that was so accurate 
It took only 10 days before a neighbor identified him as Lawrence Singleton. That is so wild that she was able to remember all that during the whole thing. Right. It just must have been burned in her memory. And if you see the sketch, we'll post it. Yeah. Um, it looks exactly like him. It looks exactly like him. I don't know. I mean, the amount of detail that she must have told to the sketch artist would have been incredible. But she, she nailed it. Oh, yeah. No, it's spot on. Yeah. I just Googled it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this monster boy. There is not much known about this guy before he attacked Mary. All that I could find was that he was born in Florida and he worked occasionally as a merchant seaman. When he attacked Mary, he seemed to be unemployed and just traveling around California. It is unknown what his plans were, but it seemed he was on his way to Reno. His wife had recently divorced him and he was on bad terms with his teenage daughter. But somehow, this was his first ever arrest. But I very much doubt that this was his first crime like this. Yeah. Who jumps to... Just... I'm going to kidnap a hitchhiker, drive them to a desolate road, say all the right things to keep them docile, and be so precise with as soon as they get out of the car, I hit them in the back with a sledgehammer with the back of the head, have all the rope and everything prepared. He definitely thought about this. He... Or, or done it. it before. And then just yeah. nobody connected him with crimes. Because I feel like it, it like doesn't that. escalate that quickly. Right? To that point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's just wild. So when Lawrence was arrested, he was charged with attempted murder and rape. But he claimed that Mary was a $10 a night whore. He <gasps> said that she had threatened to say that he raped her because he refused to drive her to Los Angeles. He also said that she had sex with two other hitchhikers that were with them, and it was them who attacked her. The audacity this man has. My God, she's a 15-year-old girl. The definition of audacity. Who had just lost her arms and all very, very nearly died. Yeah. And so, obviously, his story did not hold up against Mary's. Just made him look like a damn fool. Uh, since her hospitalization, Mary was fitted with prosthetic arms. And she had to go massive amounts of physical therapy to get accustomed to her new arms. Oh, my gosh. But Mary decided to testify against him in court. Obviously, she was terrified because she was going to be only a few feet away from this monster. Yeah. She testified against him, and he was found guilty of rape and attempted murder. The judge gave him the maximum sentence at the time. Do you want to guess what it was? Well, he didn't murder her, so... Attempted murder and rape. I'm going to say... 10 to 15 years to life. It was 14 years. Ah. Max. 14 years to life or just 14 Max, years? just 14 years. What the heck? 14 years, period. 14 years he cut... He took both her arms... Yep. Raped her all night long. Mutilated her and... Really, like, tried to kill her, threw her off of a Where cliff. Where was this? This was in California? Died. California. Come on, California. Come on, California. 70s, 70s, California. Come on. Ugh, come on, 70s, just in general. It so, amazes me. Yeah. Like, even today, like, some cases that go through the court system and you hear, like, you know, child molestation cases that mm-hmm. where people only go to jail for, like, 12 years and you're just like... They're going to do it again. Why, why, why don't we just throw them off a cliff? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I know there's like a, 
a big debate about like lethal injection and stuff like that. But when you're harming children, right. innocent children, regardless if they're homeless or not, wherever Doesn't they matter. come from, they're a child. If you go and you rape a child, you yeah. molest a child, you do whatever it is to a child. First of all, if you're not going to do that well in jail, in right. general. Right. So you can, why would you ever get out on good behavior? Yeah. Because there aren't going to be children in jail. No. Same with predators exactly. who attack women. Like you aren't going to be around the opposite. So obviously sex. you're going to get like, oh, it's I'm right. going to be oh, fine. Good behavior. Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense to me. You no. know, the justice system makes not a whole lot of sense to me. No. Um, which I think, which is why I like get so involved in true crime because I'm just like, this makes no sense. Why are we letting yes. this still happen? Why is right. child molesters getting 15 years in? Why is this guy? I mean, granted, it was the 70s, but still. Yeah. 15 year old girl raped her all night, found guilty, mm-hmm. took both right. her arms, yep. threw her over a cliff. And he pled, he pled not guilty. It's not like he got out on a plea deal or something. Yeah. Like, okay, if you say you're guilty, we'll reduce your sentence. No, no. He said, I'm not guilty. Like, She's a $10 whore. And he never admitted to doing it. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. This whole story, you're just going to be like, where is the justice in this justice system? It makes where no sense. Where is the fucking justice? It is not here. All yeah. right? It's not in this... Come on, we got to get it together, California. Let's go. All right. So after he was convicted for 14 years, yeah, Mary had to walk past him as she left the courthouse. She was just inches away when she heard him say, if it's the last thing I do, I will finish the job. Now, everyone was outraged by the sentence. It was all over the news. Uh, you know, America was well aware of what was going on. Yeah, 14 years was pissed in off. prison. Yeah. But the judge gave him the maximum that he could with those charges. He said even, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. But you do have the power. You're the judge. How does that? You can only, like a judge can't just give whatever sentence they want. He gave him the max. So it's like if Who it's, makes these maxes up? Who, who? The justice system. I don't yeah. know. But I'm sure people vote on it or but I'm not totally sure on the process. But, um, yeah, that's what it was. Like, attempted murder, maybe it was, maybe that one was nine years. And rape might have been five, six years or whatever. It's the 70s. And still attempted murder. I'm doing murder. a very heavy eye roll right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it makes no sense to me at all. No. So, obviously, Mary suffered severe depression and had a really hard time holding any job. She filed a civil suit against Lawrence that was settled for $2.6 million, but she was never able to collect because... He didn't have the money. The sorry excuse of a man had $200 to his name. Yeah. So Mary started seeing a psychiatrist and going to a special school for disabled kids. Her father was beside himself and started buying guns and was plotting a way to kill Lawrence, which, same. Same. (laughs) Agree to all of it. (laughs) (laughs) So after serving only eight years, Lawrence was paroled for good behavior. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw your laptop out the window right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Eight years. Eight years. So he got out six years early. They're just like, here you go. Eight years. Perfect. Let's send you out into the world again. Yeah. But Californians were... Pissed. Yes, this was their I am. State. Yeah. When he was released from the San Luis Obispo men's prison, police had originally tried to place him in the Contra Costa community of Antioch, 
but the residents protested and filed for court action to keep him out. City after city did the same, and in all, eight California counties blocked Singleton from ending up in their neighborhoods. Police were shuttling him from motel to motel throughout Northern California, while various courts, including the California Supreme Court, deliberated questions raised over the state's authority to place him in a community that didn't want him. Now, finally, when he landed in Rodeo, California, it's Rodeo, right? Not Rodeo. Rodeo. It might be Rodeo. I think it's rodeo it's rodeo is it are you yes you're asking the wrong person i can't pronounce you're a californian i'm not from here i think it's rodeo um i'm pretty sure it's rodeo rodeo i think so too rodeo california rodeoans let us know someone tell us please <laughs> finally when he landed in rodeo slash rodeo california an angry mob of about 500 people flushed him from his apartment and police once again had to come and move him Makes sense. He was driven away as members of a growing angry crowd screamed at him. Housewife and badass Chris Clark said, let's have a lynching party for him. I've got some rope. A few hours before state parole officers moved him out. Oh, my God. Carrying signs that said, drop dead Singleton and get out, move him out. The mob protested on the street and sidewalk near a building guarded by 18 sheriff's deputies and half a dozen California Highway Patrol officers, 24 officers in total, protecting this man. You would think that at this point, this man would be like, just put me back in prison. Yeah, but no. Again, audacity. I know. Another protester said, why should we pay taxes for the police to protect him when the police are supposed to be protecting us? If the police want to protect him so bad, why don't they invite him to their house? Eh, Valid. Very valid. Got to agree with that. Eventually, Lawrence was placed in a trailer home on the prison grounds until his parole was up. Just leave him there. But he was only under parole for a year after his release. So after he's done with his parole, he's free. He's free. He does not have to report his whereabouts to the police, the public, anybody. He's off the hook. So he was only paroled for one year. And he's, so he spent the, the so 10 he only, months he served on the eight, prison grounds. Eight years. So technically, altogether, like nine years. Yeah, but the last year he was a free man. He was in a trailer park. He could leave. Oh my gosh! Or he was a trailer park, a trailer home. I mean, so he could get out, leave. Apparently, while he was there, he had a 10 p.m. curfew, uh, and would only leave his trailer a couple times a week to get groceries or see a movie, whatever. Way well, more nobody than he deserved. Would, I'm pretty sure that when people saw him, there was like angry mobs everywhere. I would assume. I guess, but he was not unless he was completely these, like, incognito and yeah, I don't know because it know. seems like everybody who were fo- not following him, but like obviously, like there was they a whole mob. They were paying attention was. to exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I'm assuming they kind of let him be since that the where he was living was prison grounds. You live near mm-hmm. a prison. You kind of know what you're getting into. I a guess. Little bit. Yeah. So Lawrence decided he wanted to try to clear his name, so he attempted to file a complaint against Mary, claiming forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery, which just goes to show he's still maintaining his innocence. How? Why was he paroled? Dare he? Why was he paroled? Isn't it like you go in front of the parole board, you say, you know what, I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I did this. I'm sorry. I take accountability. And they're like, you're changed. Stamp the paper. And he's like, no, I still didn't do it. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, so the complaint went nowhere. And since he wasn't welcome in California, uh, when his full role was up, he moved back to Tampa. 
uh, Florida, where he was born. Once Lawrence was released, Mary went into hiding, terrified that he was going to make good on his word. Which makes sense. I would, too. He literally said in court, He's gonna I'm going to finish, finish the job. job. Yes. So she lived in abandoned gas stations during much of that time. And, and they didn't put her, like, in a witness protection or, like, a protection program? Nope. Or something? Nope. To, you know, at least move her out of the state or something? She's still homeless? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Um, she All she wanted to do was stay below the radar so he couldn't find her. So another person who went into hiding when Lawrence was released was his own daughter. She said he was also extremely violent with her, and she even asked authorities if they could keep him in prison longer. Again, he was paroled six years early. Instead of keeping him in prison for his, whole, for his full sentence, police recommended that she get a restraining order against him during the time of his release. I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Like a piece of paper is going to keep this guy yeah, no. away from anyone. I don't under, even understand the whole restraining order type deal because it, it literally is a piece of paper. Yeah. And even by the time that person comes towards you or whatever the amount of feet it is to you. Like 300 they feet could, or something? They could kill you before the police get there and be like, oh, we told Absolutely. you to get a restraining order. Right. like." Exactly. This How does that make sense? Like a violent murderer. What is a restraining order going to do against a murderer? They yeah. don't care. What are you going to do? Wave the paper in front of him and be like, the- go away. <laughs> like, that's right. not, it doesn't work like that. He's going to do he was and please what he wants. Law, I mean, if he was afraid of the law at all, he wouldn't do these crimes. He wouldn't be abusing Or at kids. least he, he would like learn from girls. the beginning. Be like, okay, I messed up. Yeah. That's fine. I'm good. I'm, I promise I'm done now. But no, not even close. Ugh. Even that would be like questionable. This but whole this case is, is an just... eye roll towards this man. And I can't. And not just him. It's the whole justice system that, is true. that yes. allowed him to continue to let him out, to let him out early. They completely him. failed Mary. They, they failed Mary in And anybody huge, else huge who way. got into his path, like his own daughter is like, please keep him right. in prison. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? I think we'll let him out early. Uh, hey, why not? Yeah, why? Let's go. He's, let's a, model, he's a model inmate. Yeah. He's not getting into fights he's with got, anybody He's here. got no restraining orders against uh, him. He's fine. <sighs> Yet. Yet. So now he's in Tampa. His life in Tampa was nothing special. He got arrested a few times for truly, I have never heard of a more petty crime than what he did. He got arrested once for stealing a disposable camera and another time... For stealing a three dollar hat. Oh, I'm sorry. Is he a rebelling te- teenager? Like <laughs> he was, and he probably was like, "What do you mean? The hat just like fell onto my head, and I walked out of the store. It the was hat, the hat's fault. The hat kidnapped me. <laughs> <laughs> it threatened me with tried to rob me. Oh my god, this man. Yeah. So he served a little bit of time in prison for those crimes. So on February nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven, twenty years after Mary was attacked. A house painter called police to report seeing a naked man covered in blood stabbing a young woman who was motionless on his sofa. He saw this because Lawrence didn't even bother to close his blinds. He did it again. Yeah, he did it again. And he did it again. He did it in his house. And he, he had still the audacity to just leave his blinds open. Who knows? And this was 20 years after he attacked Mary. Who knows how many times he did this and he remembered to close the blinds and nobody just happened to see him. Yeah. 
both of these, it's like a miracle that either, you know, his victim survived. Yeah. Or that he just was an idiot, didn't cover his tracks, and someone literally saw him doing it. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. So I, I highly doubt that these were his... His only two times. His only two no, times. No, you don't just have that in you. Like, you've had to do it multiple times. Right? It doesn't just come It doesn't just, like, you know, usually when, like, serial killers start or, like, psychopaths yeah. start, it starts with killing the animals when they're super young and all that. Like, they're basically saying he had... There was no signs. He just... Right. It was a bitter rage there and a bitter rage there. I really hope somebody someday really looks into him and the crimes that were happening around his whereabouts and where he traveled to and from. And maybe they can start connecting things to him that were, you know, unsolved. I'm sure. I'm sure there is a couple. I'm, there must be. At least be. three or four because you don't just jump in and... Yeah violently hurt someone the way that he did marry and then wait 20 years and then right. do it all over and again just murder somebody yeah. all over again no and this time obviously stabbing her oh in so his she home. so she was murdered the one that yes what, okay in his house okay in his house um i hope mary that some, was right like armchair detective on reddit you know takes it runs with it and connects him to some other cases there yes. have to be there just has to be something else that that he committed if not many things. So when police responded, Lawrence answered the door, still naked and covered in blood. And they immediately walked in and found the body of Roxanne Hayes. Now, Roxanne Hayes was a beautiful 31-year-old mother of three who always worked really hard to support her young family. Her daughter, who was only 11 years old, had to identify the lifeless body of her mother, who had been brutally stabbed She was seven 11? Times. Yes. Roxanne's boyfriend, long-term boyfriend, Clifford Tyson, recounted the events of that Wednesday when she disappeared. He remembered... Why didn't they have the boyfriend identify her? Yeah, Why did they know. make the child do it? A very good question. I, I can't tell you. So he remembered the Wednesday that she disappeared. He remembered that she had left for the nearby grocery store in good spirits and nothing seemed amiss. But as the hours passed, he became concerned as Roxanne failed to return home. He spent the entire evening searching for her, but there was no trace of her to be found. The news he received the next morning was shattering. Roxanne had been murdered. Even though he was caught right after the act, 70-year-old Lawrence said he was innocent. He said she, too, was a cheap sex worker who tried to rob him and threatened to decapitate him. And while she attacked him... She accidentally stabbed herself oh. seven times. Happens all the time. Yeah. I mean. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I'd be like, sir, please show me right. how you stab yourself seven times. On accident. During self-defense. like While not leaving a single cut on the person you're trying to decapitate. So the person, so... He's claiming that she tried to decapitate him. Yeah, correct. He was covered in blood, which obviously was not his blood. It was her blood. Her blood. And there wasn't a scratch on him. Nope. But it was okay. her fault because she attacked him and she stabbed herself. Even though literally the painter saw him. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just, it's a ridiculous it's so story. Ridiculous. This man is so dumb. He is so dumb. dumb. But Roxanne had been previously arrested 
nearly a hundred times for sex work. So it is possible that she was there for sex work, though her boyfriend claims otherwise. So I just want to put that out there because it could be that she was there for sex work. It, it doesn't matter what she was there for at the end of the day. He, she got stabbed seven times. Exactly. She did not deserve that. She did not, Nobody regardless. Signed up. She did no. not sign up for that. No, it no. doesn't matter what she was doing there. No. I do just, um, I wanted to just throw that in just for, yeah, which, yeah. just to keep it, you know, 100. I'm not inclined to believe Lawrence about literally anything he says because he will say anything to avoid accountability. But what's especially sad here is that the media and many people who have told this story only refer to her as the prostitute. So rude. Her, it's horrible. I, um, her, that's really rude. Yeah, and it affected their family, you know? Like, these people who are the loved ones of this victim, you know, have to go through yeah. and defend her honor when she was brutally murdered. Yeah, for no reason. For no reason. For no reason at all. It doesn't matter what she was there for. It doesn't no matter one what deserves she said. to die. It doesn't matter what she did. She does not deserve to be murdered by this man. Yeah. So her daughter would later write a letter saying... I don't think my mom should have died, and I just don't understand why. She was a good mom to me and my two brothers and a good wife to my father. Girlfriend. But I'm sure that's how they referred to each other. Probably. She said... He's a long-term boyfriend, so... Yeah. She said, I wrote this to notify the public that my mom was not as bad as the newscast described her. Yeah, they're basically putting her... They're just putting her in this box. Yeah. That her just life is less valuable. Just because she was a sex worker... Her life didn't matter. So and we don't know that she was there doing sex work. Her boyfriend said she was just going to the grocery store. So we really don't know. So this all goes to show how, you know, sex workers really need and deserve further protections, obviously. Yes. Um, this is the oldest occupation in the world. It's not going anywhere. We need to be better for this industry. I'm sure generally as a society, we're a lot more in the know than people were in the 70s, you know. But um, still, like... When people tell the story, it's like her life didn't count. It's literally yeah. it was just a means to getting him into prison. Well, it's just because you're a sex worker. It seems like everybody's like, oh, who cares? It's fine. Right. Yeah, you didn't do anything productive. It's like some people, that's their only way of making money. That's the only way that yeah. they can provide. And it's their passion. Yeah. And they have every right to do so. Yeah. And I think, you know, people just need to, uh, I don't know, fucking grow a little bit. At Jesus. The, yeah. At the end of the day, a human is still a human regardless yeah i mean obviously we got the monsters like the people that we're talking about but mm -hmm. at the end of the day no matter what you do nobody deserves to die no one deserves to get hurt no one deserves to get traumatized the way that yeah and these people are getting traumatized your life isn't less valuable because of your occupation yes so the house painter testified and mary herself flew to florida to testify against him as well once again Mary described to the court how 20 years earlier, Singleton attacked, raped, mutilate, mutilated, and tried to kill her. On April 14, 1998, Lawrence was found guilty of the murder of Roxanne Hayes and was sentenced to death. But just three years later, on December 28, 2001, he died in prison of cancer. He was 74 years old. So to think that in his 74 years, Mary and Roxanne were his only victims... Literally makes no sense no. to me. Mm -mm. I don't buy it. There's no way. But what is certain is that Mary should have been his last victim. Yes. He, in his life, only served a total of 11 years for all of his violent crimes. 
He mm. did die before he could serve out. But he died sense. from like, not like a natural cause, but he died from cancer. He should have been in jail that entire time. Yeah. He shouldn't have taken any more victims. No. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's unfathomable that he was able to get out so soon. So um, soon, he barely, he was barely there. Right. For everything that he did. Exactly. So the justice system failed Mary and Roxanne massively. Yes. This case did lead to the Singleton Bill being passed in California, go California, which would make any case where torture was involved carry a sentence of 25 years to life. It also removed the possibility of early release. So well, that's how it should have been from the beginning. Then. Why did two people, two innocent people, one get hurt, lost both her limbs, and the other one die for us to figure that out? A great question. Uh, so Mary testified before Congress in favor of the No Second Chances for Murderers, Rapists, or Child Molesters Act. The bill would have made it harder for repeat violent offenders to be released from prison but unfortunately, the bill was never passed. Okay, how do we get that bill back into rotation? Uh, what I want to know is who voted no? Yeah. Who voted no on that? Child molesters. Child molesters. Mm-hmm. 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 Mary would go on to get married and have two sons. She still tinkered with her prosthetics, improving their range of movement. She became an artist, which was a skill that she incredibly developed only after having lost her hands. So she tinkered with her prosthetics so that she could create more movement. Like it was, instead of just like up and down, she was able to move laterally with her fingers. Um, I don't, don't ask me how. She's amazing. I'm looking up pictures of it right now. And yeah. her artwork is phenomenal. So out of the 4,000 pieces of art that she created since her attack, she sold or donated all but seven. Mary said she figures most of those sales are for collectors intrigued enough to buy from an armless artist with a dark history. But same, looking at the pieces, I beg to differ. They, I mean, she's super talented. But she stopped creating art about 14 years ago now when she met her now husband. She said that her hate, anger, and depression motivated her art, and that has since disappeared. She enjoys the simple pleasures in life, like gardening, feeding birds in her yard, and cooking. And Mary said in an article, I'm just happy with life. I try to help others see through my eyes. You shouldn't give up hope. It's still a good life. There's so much out there. It's beautiful. It's not a matter of looking for it or making it happen. You, should, you just should accept happiness when it comes to you. Wow. I know. I mean, I just wildly... To still feel that admire. way after everything... That you went through. I don't know. She's so strong. I mean, such an inspiration. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, just being down there in the cliff, having just lost your arms, I think any reasonable person would just give up. Yes. They would say, it's, I'm done. I would give up. I'm dead. I would give up. But there would, at that point, I'd be like, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to lay here until they find me. She is literally like the picture of resilience. Uh, and even in the face of hopelessness, Mary persists. So Mary, if you happen to be listening, thank you for everything you've done for victims. And I really hope you know how in store, how inspiring your story is. Yeah. You are a fighter girl. Like that is insane that you survived all of that and still made good of the situation and well, and go on to just live a happy, normal life. Yeah, I love it. 
And that is the story of Mary Vincent. That is a pretty wild case. I'm surp- I've am i never heard of this. Oh, really? I've never heard of it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. There you go. I like it. And there is a Lifetime movie on this. Oh, cool. I'm pretty sure there is. I, I mean, watched her on I Survived. Um, but I didn't see the, I didn't see a Lifetime movie. I'm Maybe there is. There's a Lifetime movie. There definitely There's could be. always a Lifetime movie for everything. <laughs> every, every <laughs> I'm thing. being serious. I'm ready for my Lifetime movie. Uh, no, nobody wants to watch mine. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, so that is it for today. Give us a follow on Instagram at Rolling in the Dark Pod or write to us at Rolling in the Dark Pod at Gmail. If you have any case suggestions or just want to say hi. We would really love to hear from you. And our sources for the story are in the show notes. Please say hi to us. Say hi to us. We're nice. We literally read everything. So remember to always protest when the justice system makes dangerous mistakes and believe victims. Always. Yeah. Uh, If you'd like to give back, I want to give a shout out to the Covenant House. This organization provides housing and support services to young people facing homelessness. They help young people transform their lives and put them on a path to independence. Check them out at covenanthouse.org. And goodbye.